0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Five Puzzles Podcast, where we talk about being an entrepreneur and multiple ways to make money for your family. I'm your host, Priest Gordon. I'm a retired engineer and also a day trader. Um, I found a company called Linwood Holdings. We invest in real estate in Texas and in Colorado. Today's guest is going to be Josh Brown. He's a real estate agent and investor here in Denver. So I'm looking forward to learning more about his business today. How you doing, bro?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thank you for, you know, having me on your podcast today. I'm super excited. You know, Thanks. first real official uh, invitation to a podcast, so I'm, I'm here to give you, you know, whatever, you know, gems I can give you, help out you guys out there um, in investing and, and just working with agents because, you know, this is a win-win world, and when you can put two and two together, it makes, it, it makes life a lot easier, especially looking for investment properties. That
0: is definitely the truth. That's definitely the truth. Well, tell a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, yeah, man, so um, where should I start? Uh, I grew up in Florida, um, born and raised. Mom moved out to California, so that brought me out to Cali which was definitely a whole different perspective on life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Coming from, you know, um, going from an all-black high school, I mean an all-black school to, you know, a predominantly white school. Yeah. Um, so my, as you can see, my communication and the way I talk to people uh, was definitely transitioned and turned into a whole different perspective. Um, but I played football in college, ended up going to Colorado Mesa University, which is uh, over in Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. Um, in my senior year, um, I actually tore my tricep. And when I tore my tricep, you know, I had to take a real long, hard look at, you know, just what I was going to do after that. Um, So, I mean, I'm like most people, start trying to flip anything and everything (laughs) possible to see, you know, what I can get from it. Um, I was flipping cars, and then I ran into uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Robert Kiyosaki. Um, And that's really what got me, as everybody says, man, that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book opened up my eyes to what owning stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. originally what owning something was. And, um, that started me down that ended up getting my real estate license. But first I was investing. Um, I had a mentor named Dean that was out in Kansas and he actually met me and Denny's at like three in the morning. Um, when he had got into town and we just, you know, he showed me the ropes. He showed me about investing. He talked to me about, um, wholesaling he talked to me about creative financing strategies, you know, other ways to acquire properties if you ain't got no credit. Um, so once I went down that rabbit hole, um, I actually ended up getting my license because I was trying to work with real estate agents as an investor. Yeah, yeah. And most agents, not most, but a lot of agents out there nowadays don't really like working with investors because they feel like they're always getting played and everybody knows how that role goes. So yeah. I got my um, license, and once I got my license, man, I just kind of, uh, hit the ground running, start working with investors, uh, first-time home buyers, um, people who just wanted to learn about the whole process and transitioning into owning something, and that's just you know where I led to. I want to help more people in my community uh, get into that owning position because that's where that you know generational wealth is being built.
0: Nice, nice. What position <laughs> did you play in football?
1: I played slot receiver and running back. Nice. So nice. I was, you know, I was quick, quick on my feet, catch the ball. All I gotta do is get open spaces, really that's really where I make my numbers at.
0: <laughs> did it happen your injury at the beginning of the season or towards the end or
1: man, it happened it happened the summer going into the the oh, year man. of my season. I was actually um playing rugby at one of my girls' rugby tournaments. Mm-hmm. And the coach was just like, You wanna get out here? You know, me being an athlete that I am, you know, I yeah. could play any sport. Yeah. So I got out there. Um, you know, we was playing, I think it was like the first game and I was stiff arming a guy. To the ground this way. And like when I stiffed him to the ground, my tricep snapped back up my arm. Oh, and I thought, I thought I just, you know, dislocated my elbow or something. The trainer came over to me and she was just like, uh, you know, you tore your tricep. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Couldn't move it up or down. So that was my closest thing to feeling something paralyzed. Yeah, like yeah. it was definitely a scary take. But, you know, I think it happened for the, for the best, to be honest, because it opened my eyes up to a lot of mm-hmm. other you know, um, options out there. That's what I was going to ask you. About. The thought <laughs>
0: process is to go through your mind because now it makes you reevaluate mm-hmm. your current plan that you had at the time. You was thinking about going to the league? Or were you- oh, you yeah. know it. Yeah. You yeah. know it. Yeah. Every
1: every Pop Warner player out there, you know what I'm saying, that had those ambitions and our parents, you know, they had the same dreams for us. You know, yeah. we, was, yeah. we was thinking, my mindset was I'm getting to the league regardless of yeah. what's going on, you know. And that's every kid's dream out there, especially in a – the, a young black man who's been born and raised to play football all our lives and that's all we're taught, I ain't have no other options. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it made you think a little bit
1: differently. Oh, yeah. It made like, me think a lot.
0: The crazy part is so many <clears throat> athletes, and now they're going to transition of, of afterwards, trying to understand the same business that we're in right now, understand how that goes from there.
1: Yep. yep. And that's, you know, and that's something that, you know, I want to be more into the community too because, you know, we're, we're led down this path of one option. You know, football is great. Don't get me wrong. It was my sport. You know, I lived and breathed football. I was the kid that was out there Friday through Sunday on the field, regardless if I had practice or not. You know, the grind, the dedication, the hard work was there. Um, But I just feel like we're so focused on things that can have a career-ending effect on us to the point where we don't really think outside the box. That's right. right. So, um, yeah, man, that's... That's pretty much how everything <laughs> came yeah. into to, to nowadays and where we're at now. Now, what did you pull from the rich dad, poor dad that really made you
0: think about it? Because everybody has different takes on the
1: book. Mine's was ownership, man. That was my that was the one thing that pu- I pulled from it was owning. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you know, my grandmas, my aunties, my my dad, um, none of them really own any houses, um, and I was really just trying to figure out like where where where's the missing link at? You yeah. know what I mean? Like why? aren't we being taught this? Why didn't my mom, my dad, my grandma, you know, why didn't anybody educate us on owning something? You know, because when I got out of college, I graduated from Colorado Mesa. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have initially bought a house as soon as I got out of college. Because little known fact here, um, when you get out of college, you can use your college history as as, uh, work history. Mm -hmm. So whenever your job that you're transitioning into, you can actually go qualify for a home loan. Yeah. And that was one of the things I'm, like, sitting back, I'm like, wait, what? And then I just learned all this stuff about, you know, um, investing from my mentor. Mm-hmm. And now I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and now all the pieces starting to fall together. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm starting to see, like, okay, man, my mom got to start owning something. My my, yeah. It's never too late to own. That's right. You know what I mean? Because rent is one of the biggest expenses you have in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that you're going to continue to pay for over and over yeah. no matter what. Right. So why not live in a house for twenty years or ten years or five years and be able to get a portion of that money back, even if it's a thousand dollars, two thousand yeah, yeah. dollars, instead of not having nothing? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So that was really one of the biggest things I took from Rich Dad Poor Dad. Nice. nice. And I'm sure you, you've read that book too. Oh yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. I, I bought,
0: <laughs> actually, crazy part is I uh, bought a copy for it was five bucks on Amazon, so I bought one yeah. for all, all my younger cousins because they're uh-huh. all like in their in young twenties. But uh, for me personally, I was always salty nowadays because my entire family owned a real estate. Mm-hmm. But we never talked about it. Oh. Like my grandfather had a, on our property at home, he had four rent houses behind that.
1: So he had like a homestead, huh? I mean, yeah.
0: And oh. then my aunt and uncle, his, his, let's see, my daddy was a baby son with a baby son. He, my daddy had two properties. His sister above him, they have 13 right now. So Ooh. everybody has properties, but we never talked about it. Yeah, and and uh, you know, eighteen years old when I was gonna uh, gonna go to college, I should just ask my grandpa one question. I just asked him, "Hey, what's going on with that rent house over there? It had been over. Yeah, it would have been this. This was nineteen ninety six. He would have bought me a property like nothing because my grandpa Man, was one of those guys, 96? That, yeah, this was ninety six, and he, um, the my whole family had. I mean, all of them together, maybe thirty properties. It had been nothing." it have been man, nothing. That's, yes. that's easy money, right you think there. Think about the life change <laughs> I would have had if I just asked my grand. Because he taught me everything. Every, every time I asked anything, he mm-hmm. always would give it to me that way. Yeah. And I just never asked about. It. I asked about learning how to make money, and then we because he had a landscaping company, so I never okay. thought about real estate. So he was
1: an entrepreneur himself. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I Never thought about you know real estate myself. And then as a man now, I realized like I was t- at home talking to my uncle, he's like, "Yeah, well, I got to sell these properties to my uh, to my daughter because uh, my cousin he's going to give all of them to her." Yeah, and I'm like, "Dg." Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> imagine your parents giving you 13 properties. Like, just
1: like, especially at a young at 18? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's going to no hand them over. So that kind of stuff, you know. So for, for me, the book was talking about ownership as well mm-hmm. and just the thought processes of that, because I, I, I came up the whole corporate way. Yep. You know what I mean? Got my engineering degree and got my master's. Hey, I'm going to be a corporate man, this and that. You realize... Ownership is the real key. That's it. You know, I mean, you sit back and you start doing real estate. You realizing guys are making your entire salary in one week <laughs> on one deal, and one
1: like, sh- one wholesale check. Yeah, and you're
0: <laughs> like, I'm sitting here struggling and, and working hard every day. I'm being a good employee. Mm-hmm. You know, and time. yeah, I'm on time doing what I got to do. I'm doing extra stuff. Telling my girl, hey, I can't come with you this weekend. I got to work on this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the end is like, no. Then you sit back and you meeting guys. And so my first meetup. One of the guys in the meetup was like, yeah, I sell like four houses a month. Yeah, man, I mean, I average like 25,000. Like you made a hundred grand a month <laughs> and I was making this a year and I'm an engineer. Yeah. You know what I mean, so, so yeah, man, I definitely can see about that. So what are your thoughts about the Denver real estate market?
1: So, um, when it comes to the Denver, man, Denver's really, really unique. Um, just with everything that we have out here, we have a lot of tech, we have a lot of, uh, hospitals, um, we have a lot of oil companies. You know, we're very diversified when it comes to, I guess, our economy. Um, you know, if you look at the jobs list, it, jobless rate, I think it is, uh, unemployment levels. You know, they're starting to increase um, because things are starting to open back up. And when it comes to the market, we we lack inventory right now. Mm-hmm. So, but that's... That's nationwide right now. Denver's nothing special when it comes to inventory lacking because that's just what it is. We have, you know, about 50,000 people moving here every single year. Mm. um, And we don't have enough builders building. You know, our laws out here to build stuff is a lot more strict than, you know, Mm -hmm. let's say Texas or something like that. So we can't just up and build, 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 build. You got to get permits. You got to go through the whole processes to do all that stuff. Um, But it's very competitive, man. I mean, if you get you a really good agent. Um, Like myself, I look for off-market properties. You know, I don't try to find too many things that's on market just because more than likely you're going to be overpaying for that property right now. (laughs) So um, what I try to do is if I can't find something off-market, you know, I'll definitely go on the market. But I educate my clients on what market value is and what list price is Mm -hmm. because we have a lot of people out here right now. And I'm glad you bought me on this podcast to clear this up because – you have agents out there saying, "Well, I sold this property thirty thousand dollars over list price. List price is cool, mm-hmm. you know. List price is what the seller and the agent agreed upon. That's right. That doesn't mean that's what the market value is. Now, if you say I sold the property over thirty thousand dollars over market value, okay. Now you, now I need that agent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I need that agent. So it's just really understanding the market in general mm-hmm. um, as a whole because the market is very unique. But you know, I don't really see prices." Going too much further downward because we don't have any inventory, That's right. and the demand for jobs here is really, mm-hmm. really impactful, which drives our economy.
0: Mm-hmm. And the thing I was worrying about too, of course, that the whole uh, <clears throat> the whole inventory stuff is just wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it is wild. I think Denver is just crazy, even in mobile home industry. Yep. I run a mobile workers here in town, and it is nuts. I mean, yeah. there are. So you're training people around the country to work on mobile homes, but here in Denver, they're like, "Do you have open lots?" I'm like, nope. "No." There are every park is completely full here in town. I guess yeah. nuts. And no, fun to- fact
1: too, man. Is um, don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to say I started with mobile homes. Nice. So when I first started my little investing, I went down the mobile home route, um, and then I was looking at your page, and I'm like, it's crazy the way the world works sometimes oh, yeah. to bring. Certain yeah. people together, so <laughs> I just wanted to say that part. Mobile homes is definitely, and especially out here, those lot rents are
0: just outrageous. <laughs> nuts, absolutely nuts, man. I mean, you sit back in Aurora, they're, they're now. The wild part is, is if you know Denver, now Denver is a crazy segregated area. Mm-hmm. Like I stay out west, so out west is going to be predominantly white, and then as you move east and east, you're going to have more Latino. Yep. And then when you get towards the um when you get towards the full east, you have black out there. Yep. So people think of Aurora as being all black. That's not the case. That's not the case <laughs> at all. When you think about that. But then when you come to the mobile homes, they're the most expensive mobile home parks. They're mm-hmm. nine hundred dollars out there in Aurora. Yep. And when you get to Thornton, you're looking at seven sixty
1: And I it's never nuts. understood that. I don't
0: I don't get it. <laughs> now
1: the parks are nice. They're nice, but it's just it's wild how Denver goes, man. Yeah, it's wild. In each neighborhood, you're gonna you're gonna experience something different, you know. And they're doing a lot of regentrifying out here. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if everybody, but re-gentrify is when you change a neighborhood to be a lot better than what it was. Mm-hmm. What they usually do in the hoods, they go buy up a whole bunch of properties, knock out, knock down all the projects or the ghettos, if that's what you guys want to call it, and they put up single family homes. Mm-hmm. And if you look in a lot of areas you know throughout denver those lower income neighborhoods they're starting to rebuild in their, in all of those neighborhoods so mm-hmm. i mean i'm originally from california del mar california which is one of the richest areas in california and when i when my mom moved out there into the low income apartments there was nothing but fields out there mm-hmm. you know houses were 300,000 400,000 now 30. you can't find nothing less than a mill yeah. you know 900,000 i'm like man wow. my mom
0: just hell <laughs> Oh, you
1: know, and not, she just is, but, but again, she wasn't educated, you know, and that's just the processes that we have to take in initiatives on ourselves to educate the masses as we can. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So that they can be informed and make an educated decision and not just listen to what he say or she say. Oh, yeah. Which oh, yeah. is yeah. what everybody yeah. do nowadays. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to real estate, man, and owning and everything else, one of my buddies hit me up about the whole Grant Cardone situation of the day. And he was like, yeah, man, he's saying don't buy properties and everything else. And I'm like, in the end, man, you have to understand of what concept and what you're going to mm-hmm. do with it. Yep. Most of us overpay for the home that we live in yep. because we're buying it because it looks nice. I mean, my mm-hmm. house included. I didn't analyze it as a rental. Mm-hmm. You, I would not get that 1%. <laughs> for my own, I would not get the 1%. Luckily, it's here. It's going to appreciate when I leave at work. But yeah. as far as an investment property, my house is not. You know what I mean? So... And when you're that kind of a person like he is, that's the thought process mm-hmm. going behind it. But at the same time too, you really want people to understand that, hey, just put your money to where you're not spending on a rent or you at least getting some of it back. Now yep. when you
1: become a seasoned
0: investor and know how to really move, then yeah, you, you can, can still you can rent do something because you know what you're doing.
1: Yep. It's all about getting in. That's right. The hardest part in this real estate industry for most new first time homebuyers or people who want to invest is actually getting into a property. Once you get into the property, then you can actually see the benefits of all the tax benefits that you actually get. It really makes no sense to rent unless, you know what I'm saying, you just can't afford yep. to buy. Then that's the case. Or you're just moving, you know, from mm-hmm. here to there, here and there all the yeah. time. Yeah. Then I that definitely so can understand sure. that. But it also depends on the person's situation because um, cause that's the one thing I love about real estate and being an agent is every situation is different. There's not mm-hmm. one situation that's going to be the same. Yeah. So it keeps me on my toes all the time. T- keeps me making, make it keeps me thinking of new strategies of how I'm gonna solve this person's problems. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, man, everybody has a situation they just need some help. Yeah, getting the problem solved. Yeah.
0: All right, well, man. When I first moved here, man, I was living in a duplex off of uh, in Belmar, and that thing was t- one thousand fifty a month. And Ronnie, she uh, rented out one half of it to me, and she was cash managing the whole thing. And, man, I should have just bought that off of her. Man, I'd have been paid. I mean, (laughs) I'd have been paid. But, you know, the thought process of actually owning property that time, I had missed it. I Mm -hmm. I wasn't even there, man. I was just sitting back and just so happy to be. I tell you, that whole period of time, I'll frame it up for you. I got an email about Bitcoin being $0.07, and I ignored it because I was an engineer Mm -hmm. and I was paid. You know what I mean? So you sit back and we had just got our cash bonuses. I was day trading at the time, but just ignored it. You know what I mean, so when it comes to that kind of stuff, man, you sit back and realize that investing is always here. It's just whether we choose to see it or not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and kind of going from there so it's it's crazy when you think about that, you know what I mean? So how long is he so I know how long have you been an agent here?
1: All right, yeah, so um, I've been an agent for about a year and a half now. I started last December, so that put me at about a year and a half ish um, and I've been investing for probably about four years now. So it took me a little second. I mean everybody knows how that entrepreneur life goes and in investing, especially when you know absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? So it took me a, a minute to get my feet up to really understand because what I found out was real estate is not just a check. You know what I mean? It goes a lot deeper than just a check. It goes a lot deeper than, you know, most of the time man we're 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 counselors, you know, we're actually trying to understand a person's life, trying to make sure that this fits their criteria and fits in where they needed to fit in at, because um, investing's big. You know, you you can lose money real quick, yeah. but you can also make it real quick. You know, and talking about Bitcoin and all that stuff, man. You know, I've been I'm an, I'm I'm an entrepreneur, so um, Bitcoin, cryptos, stocks. You know, that's something that we all need to get back into the community yeah. because there's so much wealth being created, yeah. and I'm pretty sure the audience, I'm pretty sure you guys, been watching Dogecoin. Yeah, cause that's 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 the simplest story of them all. <laughs> you know, that was created as a joke, and yeah. look what happened to that joke. That's right. Made millionaires. That's right. So we got to be educated, man. We got to start educating each other. You know, we got to start doing more group economics because that's yes. you know I feel like that's something that's, that we lack a huge. lot. You know, we always think it's no, nah, I don't want to work. And he he gonna he gonna school me or something. You know, but at the end of the day, we got to have trust in each other too. That's
0: right. That's right. And and that group economics is a huge part. Because yep. if you think about it, like right now I'm working on some stuff in Texas. I tell my people I'm trying to get all a crew of ten, get everybody lined up. Because when you want to do a big project, yep. you need everybody lined Good up. People and people sit back and say, "Oh man, I'm not trying to do that." And if you sit back and really study some of the big
1: deals, oh, they got backing. That's right. They, like yeah. I mean, are you familiar with Max Maxwell and all oh, them? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you see the group that they putting together yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, they yeah. putting together a powerhouse. But right. those are people that you know they 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 see what each other's doing. And they understand like we got to work together. We ain't gonna right. be able to make the moves unless I got five or ten brothers with me that got cash too. Yep. We all got cash, so if we all lose money, <laughs> yeah. we all gonna lose money. I'm not right. saying we are gonna lose money, but that's that's yeah. that's what happens with investing, you know. And they operate from
0: the abundance mindset. Yep, they're using that, but at the same time too, they're also using their expertise to make sure they don't lose money. Yep, you know what I mean? exactly. Going
1: from there. They educated. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's the. That part you talk about—that is the difference in our community. We have to first educate our community so people understand mm-hmm. what they're really trying to do, and then how they can take some money and make it grow. Yep. And like, oh, you can do that. Yeah, you can do yeah. that. You know what I mean? So back in that whole house hacking idea, telling people—my cousin right now—he's going to graduate, and go to Prairie View down south, and he's looking for houses to buy. He's 18 years old, yep. looking for houses around the school so he can buy
1: it and then rent out the
0: rest of it to his roommates. I'm That's like. It.
1: What I, you know, and that's one thing I would have, if I would have known, you know, I would have had my mom. For all you kids out there that's getting ready to go college, you got parents that got good credit, got money to put down on a house. Go buy a house wherever your kids going to college at, or go buy a duplex. I usually say go buy any a, a two through four five unit. Yep. Five is going to get you into that commercial land, but anything pretty much two through four. You're going to see residual income. You know, you're not going to be playing rent. You're going to be house hacking like you you just explained. And that's literally the best way to get into a property. Mm-hmm. It's not to buy a single family home. It's actually to buy a duplex to substitute. Or if you do buy a single family home, buy like a two bed, three bed so that you can rent those rooms out and you're not paying that expense of housing.
0: That's right.
1: Because once you stop paying housing as an expense, that's, man, you saving, I mean, rent out here for one bedroom's. 1200 you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you saving $1,200 a month if you right. can house hack that. That's right. So we just got to be a little bit smarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you
0: sit back. You think about that, man. That is, that is so key. I'm glad you brought that point up. It's the fact that the, when, you, when you take away having to pay rent, that changes the whole dilemma. And tell people mm-hmm. to think about, okay, you think about right now, what if you didn't have to pay rent or, or pay your mortgage? How much money would that be back in your pocket? That is That'll that change a dot
1: di- that literally will change the dynamic of your life. Mm-hmm. Cause twelve hundred. That's twenty four thousand in a year. Yeah. You thinking. Okay, what you what can you do with twenty four? I know what I can do with twenty four extra right. a year. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? So And you sit back and I tell people all the time, I say you sit back and just do that for two, three years. And then you're using that and every every year you can get another property. Yep. And next thing you know, you build up and kind of going from there, man. So real estate is a is a beautiful game. You don't know, get people going into it. So As far as your investing, what is uh, some of the the most exciting things you like to
1: do? Man, that's a good question. To be honest, I don't really have, like, one exciting thing because I'm still learning a lot in the industry, and I get excited every day when I'm talking about something. So, you know, commercial is one of the big, um, I guess, because when we was talking about Grant Cardone, I understand where he's coming from when he's talking about single-family homes. And I understand, you know, that commercial aspect is one place that I want to get, you know, into, um, when I build up a little bit more capital, cause you got to have capital getting that mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where you really see those big, you know, big hundred, hundred grand months, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Just off of one property, 100 mm-hmm. property unit. Yep. And that's really, I guess, one place that I say I'm super excited to learn about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I just love the traditional real estate, man, just learning the aspect of real estate and what it can do for generations. That's what excites me. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a single family home. It doesn't have to be a duplex. It's just a general, the generalization of the industry and being able to educate people so that they can make informed decisions on Mm -hmm. buying stuff and owning it. So I guess Mm -hmm. that, I would say that's probably the, the, the most, that's what makes me most excited. Yeah. It's really just learning more and more.
0: I think the cool thing too is that every house is different. (sighs) Every every seller's different. Every situation's <laughs> different. Some people owe they're free and clear. Some people mm-hmm. owe half on a mortgage. Some people just got into it. Yep. Some people have a beautiful house. Some people have an older house. Some people are ready to move right now. They bought a house already. Some people need everything. So it's yep. probates.
1: Every, yep. People getting houses passed down. They don't know what to do with it. Like mm-hmm. it's. I guess that's. A, and I'm glad you brought because that part. That part right there is what excites me. It's just there's never a man. I already did this. <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. working a nine to five is oh, yeah. and and i don't have nothing against people's nine to five because i'm starting to learn even the nine to five can help you get into that financial yeah. freedom but if you're not educating you just keep going working that job all day all day not investing it mm-hmm. you know a lot of people use their w-2 jobs to invest in stocks that's right and then they compound that interest on them stocks to go invest in real estate mm-hmm. so there's ways you can that's right you know what i'm saying you can maneuver to where you won't have to work. That's right. You get dividend stocks, you get something that pays you something every month or every few weeks if you line them up correctly. That's right. Like that's I guess I'm just excited to be an entrepreneur, man. Yeah. To be yeah. honest yeah. with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Once you learn, I think like we were all taught to go to go to college, get the corporate job. Once you get all that stuff, you lined up. But then when you sit back and the first time you taste some entrepreneurial money man. that's yours, I never forget my mentor years ago. <laughs> he said, Priest. He said the first time you make your money a hundred percent goes to you, all the
1: effort comes right back to you, it's gonna change your life. Yeah. yeah. And you and you really appreciate it. Yeah. Like that first wholesale check I got, I must have I ain't <laughs> tell nobody, I didn't send nobody no pictures. I'm just looking at it like, bruh, I need to do this every day. I need this. We need to, we need to accumulate these, you know, a lot. And and not knowing nothing about wholesales or buying properties is, is really what got me more excited too. I'm like, look, man, you, you got to get people, you got to educate. Cause our family, like my family for number one, they have money that they don't even touch. Mm-hmm. My cousin, he just likes to keep his money at home. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, I mean, don't go put it in the bank, but mm-hmm. you know, put it somewhere to where it's making money while you are sleeping. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: Money is the value of the dollar is mm-hmm. slowly, slowly dwindling away, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. Savers are losers right now.
0: Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah. But you know, you think about that. You know, that whole nine to five stuff, and so many times people are taught that you just work and just you know work for thirty years. What you gotta do? You know, mm-hmm. I never forget. I sat back and I told my dad before he passed I said, I'm gonna work this job twenty years. That, and I was all excited. <laughs> and then he sat back. He said, "You sure?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be good." And because he knew my thought process already, yeah. you know what I mean? But. When I got in corporate, I got brainwashed real quick. You know, what I mean, and mm-hmm. going from there because I love the culture and that particular job was really. Nice. I mean, it was. I mean, they brought me from Houston and sponsored everything. Oh, yeah. It's that red carpet. So everything. You felt safe, huh? Oh yeah, I was good. <laughs> I was good. You know, but in the end, when you learn that okay, you're working this hard. I'm working all these crazy hours, and I'm yeah, I'm building fun stuff, and it's great. But then when you really start to understand how economy really works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how entrepreneurship really works, you're like, no, I could spend half of this effort for myself yep. and make 10 times as much and then be home with my kids. Yep, I mean, so I sat back and started working on that plan and going from there. You know what I mean? So I don't knock people having a nine-to-five because we all needed it. Yep. But if you, as long as you understand what you're doing with it, use that money, keep the expenses low, and go from there. Yep. You know I mean? So I got to do that thing from there. So let's talk about your first deal. How did it work out?
1: So my first wholesale deal? Yep. Man. So my first wholesale deal was an actual nurture lead that I got, um, and it was a fire damage property. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I had no experience with fire damage properties. Didn't know who I was going to sell it to. Uh, had no idea. Um, but this was a guy that I had been working on probably for about eight months. And that's quick tip. That's one of the the the, the biggest things is the follow-up, man. Mm-hmm. He who follows up usually is the winner. Yeah. Um, but I was just following up with this guy, and I got a random phone call one day he was just like, hey, man, I, I think I'm ready to sell. And I was like, wait, what? Like, right now, right now? And he was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, um, I'm headed down. Because he, he lives over. Oh, what was that place over there? It's next to Pueblo. Um, I can't think of the town right now. But it's one of those little small towns over yeah. there. And he had just built him a house over there. Mm-hmm. So he was like, man, my, his brother used to live in the house. And he was like, I'm just trying to get rid of it now. Um, it definitely has some fire damage. And I had never seen the house. Okay, Never seen the house till we actually met up when he came down. And I go over there, I'm like, yeah, you know, the house, it definitely needs some work. Got it from them for a good price. And I actually just hold, I actually sold it to a uh, another realtor who actually ended up doing the rehab on the property. Oh, wow. So it actually worked out perfect. You know what I mean? And they closed, We I say we closed in, I want to say two weeks. Nice. So, you know, traditional uh, real estate transactions, they take, mm-hmm. you know, 30 days at, at, at the least because they got to go through lending, all that stuff. So. Um, I, I ended up getting her to come over there. She brought her contractors out. They looked at the property, literally got it. Literally, it took me two days to get it under contract. Oh, wow! And that's, and she was literally the only buyer that I had talked to, mm-hmm. but she was serious. So, you know, I was like, look, if you can, if we can close this out in two weeks and you're ready to go right now, I won't even put it back on the market.
0: Nice. And, she and you did, like, did assignment with her?
1: Yeah. Nice. Yep. Nice. I just assigned it to her. If I would have had some capital and more funds and understood a little bit more about rehabs like I do now, I would have kept that property. Cause if I tell you the number, which I ain't gonna tell no, I wanna know the audience the number, man. Let me know. Let me know. And that that number was the property, I wanna say we got the property for what do we get the property for? We got the property for like 140. Mm. And they turned around and flipped it for 255. And now they rehabbing it. So if I could do it all over again, I would have kept the property. I would have just figured it out. (laughs)
0: <laughs> finds find you finds you a hard
1: money that's what I'm yeah. that's what I'm saying now I know a lot more about hard money I understand how I can actually get into properties mm-hmm. and I can go get capital from my grandparents or yeah. you know what I mean yeah network with people look mm-hmm. I got this deal right now it's gonna have you you know five to six hundred dollars cash flow every month mm-hmm. interest only payments or whatever you know the case may be that we want to set up the terms to make it how how it is but that deal that was my first ever wholesale deal but I learned I learned probably two years worth of knowledge in one transaction yeah you know because that's the worst of the that's the worst you can get is a fire damage property Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you got to go through a lot of steps to get that property you know back right yeah a lot of inspection i've heard yep a lot of inspections a lot of the city got the fire department got to come out here Mm -hmm. um so i learned a lot and i'm still talking to that person today uh and they're almost done with that rehab so that'll be that'll be a a pretty house to see nice nice nice
0: that works man i know that um you think about doing your first wholesale deal, and so many people out there striving, trying to get to it, and so many people. Some people happen quick for them. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> some people it happens six, seven months, eight months down the road.
1: Yep. You know what I mean? Going and from and that one. That so my time frame on that one, that took me probably a year. My first whole deal, didn't, my first wholesale deal didn't happen for about a year, like almost two years. Oh wow! So I was hitting the ground, calling, cold calling, trying to figure out how to get these buyers and sellers in front, get me in front of them. So it took me a minute to learn it because of the market that we are in. Mm. We're not in your traditional wholesale market. Denver's not a wholesale market. Yeah. A lot of the properties here, they are being sold for retail value. Yeah. And in order to have a wholesale deal, the property has has to have a lot of equity in it. Yeah, You know what I mean? So now if I was to take this to, you know, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, where Max and I'm at, you know, I could probably turn some heads real quick. Oh, yeah. But – I want to master my game here first before I start to branch out in other places, that's if that right. makes sense, you know? All right, that leads me right to my
0: next question, too, is also, so you're investing here in Denver, but what other markets were you thinking about doing?
1: Uh, that's a good question, man. Um, Florida's one of them just because I got a lot of family out there that I'm, I want to get into some properties. Um, so I'm going to find them some stuff out there. Um, California, just because that's another place that I lived. And I know I think there's going to be some wholesale deals in California pretty soon um South Carolina, North Carolina, the southern states I kind of want to go in just cuz properties are a lot cheaper and they have a lot more dynamic out there. You know, they not they're, mm-hmm. their economies isn't as healthy as ours is. Yeah. Um so when you're looking for wholesale deals, I mean, I know people talk about it. You got to look for situations. Yeah. And wherever there's a situation, that's the market I'm going to be in. Mm-hmm. So no matter where is that as long as I can see some cash flow and I can actually know the market um cuz I also work for United Airlines. So nice. I can fly oh. wherever I want to fly to to go get these properties. Nice. So that's why I'm really trying to master my craft here um because I'm going to I'm not going to use that. I'm going to go visit these places yeah. and I'm probably going to buy houses there just because mm-hmm. you know I can do that and that's one of the perks of you know being being a United employee is you can fly wherever you want to fly and if you yeah. want to buy something out there yeah who say I can't Right. That's right. That's as long right. as I can get there.
0: <laughs> as long yeah. as I
1: can get there. Um, yeah. What about you? I know you said you was in Texas. Yep.
0: Yep. So I'm born and raised in Texas. Okay. So definitely that's my main market. Um, of course we do stuff here, but then we're looking to move to South Carolina about five years. Yeah, see? So
1: yeah, South Carolina, man, something about they water or something that's out there. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> That's yeah. attracting people. It's,
0: it's, for us, it is the, the combination of having the beach, the mountains, and mm-hmm. also the woods at the same time. We went out there for vacation. We take our daughter on a vacation every birthday. So Every yep. June, we take her somewhere. So we went to Myrtle Beach one year. Oh yeah, Myrtle Beach, and landed in Charleston, and then drove up, and I just oh, I love it. It's beautiful. Huh? Yeah, it, if you are a country boy and you like the trees and everything, <laughs> but then the beaches out there too, the mountains. That that whole area is on, and then the people just got the whole southern mm-hmm. southern drawl, and it reminded me of um. We went to a gas station like the Dukes of has it all over again. She's like, "Hey, sweetie, how y'all <laughs> doing?" I'm like. I'm doing good. <laughs> Got to get some gas on number three. You know? <laughs> it was just, it was just nice, man. I loved it. So, my wife, she's been here her whole life. She's like, I'm ready to leave. Oh yeah. So, soon as my, um, my middle child, when he goes graduates from high school in four years, Y'all out we're out, and so we will get out there in the South Carolina. Because for me, I'm looking at. The Real estate and, and just the relaxing as well. And I can mm-hmm. be in South Carolina and just having a good time doing deals as well. I've already bought websites with South Carolina name in it, yeah. Five years in advance, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready, you <laughs> know. what I mean, it's to get this kind of stuff lined out. And I got a couple of classmates who live out there as well who are real estate mm-hmm. agents out there, so it's gonna be okay. a nice setup. So it's yeah, that thing. And then Texas is always great. I mean, it's it isn't as pretty as Colorado, <laughs> but I mean, when you can buy a house for $25,000.
1: Yeah, Texas, no. Texas and my boy, one of my boys just moved out here from Texas and we I actually we went down there looking for some properties out there and I'm I was seeing some mansions out there for like two hundred thousand. Yeah. I'm like Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The only thing that keeps me away from Texas is all them laws they have. Yeah. That's that's it's it. It's different. It's
0: different. <laughs> now my wife, when we um get ready to buy our house here and we went Thanksgiving, we go home every other year. Mm-hmm. And she went down there and I was driving through a neighborhood called Fancy Lights, where's all the big mansions at? She's like, I wonder how much it costs. I said, I Don't look it up. <laughs> Don't you do it? You're gonna be upset. And she quit. Did. She did seven <laughs> bedrooms, five bathrooms. I think it was like five thousand square footage, and that thing was four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And she was like, pool house gate in front, the whole the whole setup. I'm like, this is same. She's like, what do they do? I'm like same stuff we do. The same stuff. It's just that they don't have the mountains and everything mm-hmm. else, and they just flat. That's right. It, it's just <laughs> different. It's just different, man. So it's the markets are different everywhere you go. I've learned that. Like people try to avoid Colorado real estate, but you just have to get you have to niche down, mm-hmm. and then once you find a deal, go after it. Yeah, you find a deal, you go for it, and man, they they'll hit so hard because the prices here are different. So you find something that really has some equity in it. Yep. Whereas everybody else is making ten grand, twelve grand on deals. You find you a good deal, you mess around, make 30, 40 grand on it. Yep.
1: Like, and it depends just, on how you you know you you structure the the, the transaction. That's right, you know, if you're using hard money, using cash, you you really can't lose with cash. You come out mm-hmm. to Colorado and you buy something cash, mm-hmm. you definitely gonna see your return on your investment that's for right. sure. And that's you know, if y'all got some cash, man, yeah, yeah. that's that's the bread and butter right there. You that's don't right. got no interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you
0: just get out there and just find. You just your whole thing is just finding a deal. A deal. Yep. You find that deal and your buyers, its nothing to get a buyer here. Like you said, you can list it, you can list it regular listing or just find an investor, but
1: everybody here is ready to snatch it up. Yep. Because they understand. Yep. And that's, that fire damage property was an off market deal. I didn't even put it, we didn't even put it, the, the guy, the seller didn't want to put it on the market. He wanted a quick close, ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I was at I'm like, yeah. all right, you know, I know I can do it, but I haven't done it, Yeah. but I know I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, two days later, we're under contract. And I'm like, man, this is falling forward. This is falling forward. That's, That's right. it. You got to try it. You fail. Cool. You learn something. That's right. Can't be afraid to fail, especially in the real estate world. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So I want to ask you, so let's talk about your deal. So let's say, tell me about your worst situation you've been into with a deal.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, I guess one of the worst situations I've been in a deal was working with two people where one person wanted to sell and one person didn't. Mm. That's probably the hardest, I guess, position to be in because you have one person wanting to do something and then you have somebody else that's in their ear like, no, I don't want to do that. And dad the probates. The probates oh, are the hardest yeah. to work with, man. Okay. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, that one deal I just kind of walked away from just because I didn't want to put myself into a position to where I was going to come out losing money. Mm. And at that time I couldn't afford to lose no money. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what I learned too is not every deal is a deal. Yeah. You know, if you can't get the terms that you want, walk away from that deal and go find another one, another person. till you get the, the terms that you want. And that's what I realized from that deal was, is you can't please everybody. That's right. You know what I mean? You can't go up $20,000 on your price because you're trying to please somebody. If the numbers don't work for you, yeah. walk away from the deal. Uh, there got to be at least a million people here in Denver. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And in real right. estate, it's a contact sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah, I like it's that. It's a contact sport. The more people you hit, the more chances you got of of, of landing an opportunity. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that probate stuff, and I'm I'm looking to dig into that in Denver. That's gonna be my Denver specialty. It's gonna yeah. be a probate stuff. And it uh.
1: More power it, to you, brother. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna work with it and see what's going on with it. I mean, Texas is wide open, but that's the thing I worried about is that whole. That whole sibling stuff, and there's mm-hmm. multiple people got sell between, and that whole I want to sell it, no, I want to keep it, and and
1: then the pricing as well. Yep, because sometimes they with with the particular deal that I'm talking about, they it retail for the property,
0: mm.
1: but it was Weird. trashed. Oh wow, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, and then when you get in attorneys and all that stuff put into play, then you run into other stuff that you don't even want to deal with. Yeah. You know what I mean, and I also, you know, I have a I have a friend that also ran into this, a similar situation, similar situation, and I'm just like, to be honest with you, bro, <laughs> I would have walked away from the deal, yeah. Because there's two, it's we in in life, you know, I'm, I'm into health, stress. Mm-hmm. The more stress we have in our life, the more negative energy we bring. That's right. You know, most of the people, most of them, if you look at all my clients that I work with, they're they're fun people to work with. Yeah. They're happy people to work with. They bring good energy. You know, they're not picky. Pointing at everything, which it's yeah. okay when you're purchasing a home, you can be as picky as you want. Yeah. But there comes a time where you gotta understand the market that you're in, mm-hmm. and the longer you be picky, the the less chances you have, and the faster the price is going up. That's right. Because all right. the people that could have bought a house last year that was like, nah, I didn't want to buy a house, they lost out on eighty grand worth of equity this year. That's right. That's Easily. Right. That's right. So that's you know, it's just you gotta you gotta try. I remember when we bought our house, man. It- I'll tell you, it was
0: wild. So I sat back and <clears throat> I had a quick story. I had um, a, the house we were renting. We sat back and I thought we were supposed to move out by July. I reread that letter <laughs> and it said June. I had six weeks. Ooh. Six weeks. So I sat back he I and I called the lender right then. I, to him, I said, hey, you know what? I'll come in on Monday and meet in person do everything else. Read the letter again so, oh, let me do application online right now. Yeah. Got pre-approved and looking at houses that Saturday. And then um, looked at five of them. Saw the one that we're in now. As mm-hmm. soon as we walked in, looked at it. Said, yep, want it. That's it. Set back asking price. Here you go. I got it. Here's everything else. Accepted it within an hour. Yep. And I was like, wow. My agent. He told me. He said uh, he's a mentor at church as well. He said that that is the fastest he's ever <laughs> seen it happen. Cause we got we got approval for financing. Like, I mean, maybe in like two weeks. Yeah. I had uh, I maybe mean, you know, I had it's everything all, all yeah, planned. I, had, all, I had everything ready. I had whole PD, I just eat, gave her everything. But it, um, but that Marcus wild. It is really wild. You think about how fast in so my house. So it got listed that night, and then we had we saw it the next morning. We were the first person to see it, put an yeah. offer in right when we saw it, got
1: accepted within an hour. Yep. And that's Denver Real Estate. That, that, Just. That's, and so uh, I work for a new brokerage now. I work for EXP Realty. But my the brokerage that I started with, uh, iHomes, which is, you know, they're mm-hmm. a phenomenal brokerage too, They they taught me the speed to lead. Mm-hmm. So what they taught me was first entry, first offer. Whenever a pro- if you have clients, whatever clients that you have um, and they want to go see a property, if you're not available to go see that property, when they want to go see it, you need to be the first person in there mm-hmm. because you're the first person in there. You're the first person to talk to the, the listing agent to get that real good rapport. That's right. And once you get that, you build that rapport with that agent. You know, he's he, he 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 wants to close the deal, too. That's right. And if he can get the seller a full asking price offer, why would you sit back and wait for something else? That's Right. So, first entry, first offer, which your agent, you know, knew what he was doing and got you in there right when he was supposed to, that's how you win deals. That's how you win deals here in Denver. That's right. You don't win deals in Denver by being a third or fourth person in the house. Mm -hmm. By Mm -hmm. that time, three or four people don't probably put an offer in, and the seller's sitting back thinking, like, all right. Yeah.
0: They 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 start seeing the numbers. They're like, oh well, let me play slow play it then. But if yep. you come in there and hit them right with what they want. I got you what you want right here. That's it. Earnest money's right here. Everything's ready. Let's go. That's it. And, you know, pre approval letters, the whole setup. I mean, I came in with all the check boxes, so it it's different. I mean, when I first learned that stuff with Denver, mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, I can't be like that. It's like, yeah, it's for real up here, man, and because I'm so used to Texas. Yep. And I think that's what hurt me is when I came from Texas. One of my friends um they bought a four thirty five hundred square foot house. Uh, one thirty-five brick every, I mean, gorgeous neighborhood is, I mean, it is gorgeous house. So I left Houston, moved here. I said, like, there's no way I'm spending <laughs> 500 grand on a house. I, I refuse. Like, no, I'm going, I'm going to transfer back to Texas in like mm-hmm. four years. I'm not doing it. And then the job had those programs where you could transfer. So yep. me and my wife had been looking at everything else. And then finally we decided like, no, we're going to stay here. And then we started looking at buying. But if I just bought, man,
1: Oh man, and interest was interest rates pretty low back then. Too? It was
0: uh, this was 2010, so
1: they weren't. Oh, nah, I mean, they, they were.
0: It was uh, probably at least four. Yeah, yeah, it was like four, four, <laughs> four and a half around there. So it was crazy.
1: But yeah, see, and that's 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 the thing too, man. Um, I'll make this part a little quick too, because interest rates are really important. Mm-hmm. The lower the interest rates, the higher your buying power is. Yeah. The higher the interest rate, the lower the, your buying power is. Yeah. In hindsight, you're gonna pay more for a house that's 250 with four percent. Than you would for a house that's two hundred and fifty at three percent. That's right. You know what I mean. Right. So you carry the full thirty, man. You know. Yeah, and that's important to most home buyers right now. If you guys can get in these interest rates, man, you 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 ain't you paying nothing. You paying yeah. pennies on a dollar for a house. That's right.
0: That's right. I read something about uh, a. <clears throat> it was years ago back when they first started. Oh, I was researching the do on sale clause. Oh, yep. And it said back during those times they were paying twenty percent interest. Man, twenty percent interest. Quick, that, that is and really. People
1: was picking up them notes.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah and them,
1: them banks called them. Yeah. Them loans do.
0: Yeah, I didn't <laughs> realize. Like you sit back, you think, okay, five percent is high. They were
1: paying twenty. Yeah, like, they back in the, t- back yeah. in them them late days, yeah. they was paying twenty.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I think I got a chart on my on my channel though, but it's like eight. It was like eighteen, sixteen, seventeen. But yeah. the houses was only yeah. You know, hundred thousand, fifty thousand. Yeah. But still, yeah, twenty percent on the fifty thousand. Yeah, you might as well have bought the house for hundred and fifty at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it goes
0: up crazy, it's crazy. All right, so tell me about your best situation, the best thing you had.
1: I mean, my first uh, traditional real estate transaction. Uh, it was a Facebook lead. You know, he was talking about investing. And he just wanted to learn about it. Yeah, and I ended up bringing him into the office, giving him a nice buyer's prezo, showing him how the process would work from start to finish, um, and that got him so excited to the point where we literally went out the next day and we started looking for houses. Nice. And this was a guy that had never thought about buying a house, never wanted to buy a house, just wanted to learn about investing in houses. But I got him so excited and explained the actual benefits of generational wealth that my man just really jumped into it and was like, let's go. And I mean, when I'm talking about, we we probably, but we put in, we put in like five offers on five different houses. Oh, wow. So we didn't win the first five offers. We lost all five of the first offers, but it was due to people just outbidding us. Yeah. And at that point, you can't, unless you got an extra, you know, <laughs> 40, 50 grand in this account, you know what I'm saying? Then we can do it. But and, and to me, man, the only way I'm going to lose a, a a house for my clients is if I, if we get outbid. Yeah. Terms? Yeah. Ain't nobody going to beat me on terms, man. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right, I like it. I like it. Well, man, it's been a great interview with you, man.
0: How can people get in touch with you?
1: Um, they definitely can get in contact with me with Instagram. My Instagram uh, name is Joshbra23. My Facebook is By The Block Brown. Um, I mean, my YouTube is By The Block Brown, and then uh, my Facebook is By The Block Property Solutions LLC, and then my TikTok is By The Block. I mean, as you guys can see. I'm trying to I'm trying to buy blocks around here. So that's right, that's right. And I'll make <laughs> sure to put all this.
0: Uh, I'll make sure to put all these in the, in the show notes as well. Okay. Go from there, Well, cool. man, thank you guys so much for watching the show. This was the Five Hustles Podcast. Um, if, if you really like what you saw today, please do three things for me. I want you to like, comment, and share. If you're watching this on um, on uh, on YouTube, definitely subscribe to that. If you're checking me out on Spotify or on iTunes, whatever it is, please give us a review. Give us some stars going from there. If you want to follow me, um, uh, I go by the name of priest.gordon on Instagram. The YouTube is just priest.gordon and going from there. But thank you guys so much for watching. Catch you next time.